Welcome to the 5 o'clock show. It's time for common sense. Now, it's Cats and Cosby with John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby standing for truth, justice, and the American way. Bringing common sense to the world. Now, here's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. Well, we're back. And it's is it Monday already? It is, but uh, there is like so much news going on, John. I, I mean, if, if Judge Weinberg is with us too, of course. And, and Judge Weinberg, boy, they just presented the border bill and it says, oh, we're only going to limit the amount of migrants crossing to 5,000 a day. That's like saying we're going to rob the bank, but we're only going to take half the money. Absolutely right, Rita. What a bad bill. I, I, I mean, what a bad yeah, bill. Is that dumb? That is the dumbest bill I ever said. That that they they only want five thousand day migrants, five thousand a day, three hundred sixty five days a year. That's almost two million migrants that they want us to continue with not knowing who's coming and going. It's worse I mean, than that. Look, the form- I, I want immigration. I want immigration. But we got to know who's coming and going. Yeah, and we've seen all these crimes of late, you guys, too, which is we're waiting to get an update. Tomorrow, uh, Alvin nah, Bragg, the New York DA, is going to have a wait, grand jury. Wait. This is almost as good as New York City says, we're going to give out these $1,000 uh, uh, debit cards to go out to migrants to buy food. But they have to promise us. <laughs> they have to promise us that they're only going to buy food and they're not going to buy anything else. Yeah, it's and you know what the price tag of that is, John? $53 million to taxpayers. John, why are we not giving our veterans? What about our homeless veterans? Wait, wait, wait. I saw about 20 How of about them in the last veterans? five minutes. How about our veterans? How about our inner city poor? How about the poor people of Brownsville? How about the poor, how about the poor people of Harlem? Don't they deserve a thousand dollars? You bet, you bet. And John, you hit it I'd on the head. It, I'd rather give it to them than give it to the, the, the people we don't even know who they are. And John, the, the point is just what you said. They're trusting them. They're gonna first of all giving them the money is a huge issue. Second of all, we're trusting them. It's like the uh, the volunteer system. Right, right, right. Give me a break. All right, right. In high school, you used to say to the girls, "Trust me." Yeah, we saw how well that worked. <laughs> Judge Weinberg? I'm just flabbergasted by this so-called border bill. First of all, it's totally unnecessary because the President of the United States has the authority under executive orders to do exactly what Trump did to protect the border. Yes, and close he could it down. do it in a minute. Okay, and number two, which makes it even worse, John and Rita, which is they're giving in to the argument that Biden was acting correctly, Mayorkas were acting correctly. By the way, they're conceding that argument. They shouldn't be doing that. They, you know, it, That's a just, superb point. That is a superb right. point that they're conceding and I it legally. We've got some breaking news. Breaking news. And uh, we have Nigel Farage calling in from London to find out how badly things are. Yeah, and boy, is it a mess. And Nigel uh, Farage, of course, is the father of Brexit. He has the top news and political show there in the U.K. on GB News. And, Nigel, we're so happy to have you here. This is Rita Cosby with John and Judge Richard Weinberg. Uh, first off, um, before we get into all the border stuff with you, how is King Charles? Because there's some big news, of course, about his health. Yes, there really was. And good afternoon, everybody. He, We were told by Buckingham Palace that at six o'clock a statement would be issued. Uh, that statement, following Charles's procedure that he had for an enlarged prostate last week, 
in a London hospital, and the news was that the king has got cancer. Now, we haven't been told exactly what type of cancer it is. We haven't been told what stage it's at, although we hope, um, given that it was found as an accident, in a sense, because he was going in for something else, that it's been called early, that the king is undergoing treatment, which began today. And, of course, as we all know, you hear that word, the C word, and it is a terrible, terrible shock. And I think all of us feel a bit sorry for him. I mean, he waited 70 years to become king, um, and here he is uh, with a very serious illness. We don't know the extent of it yet. I suspect we'll get more details as the next few days proceed. Um, but all of our thoughts are with him and Absolutely. the family. Yeah. Absolutely. And very very interestingly, um, Harry, uh, Prince Harry, who of course is one of yours now. We don't want him. (laughs) (laughs) He's in no man's land. (laughs) I got got to tell you guys, we don't want him either. But, um, but, you know, sometimes... He's a count of all accounts. Well, absolutely. But I think we know in our own lives, our own families, that sometimes when things get tough, reconciliations can happen and we've heard tonight that harry will be flying back to see his father within the course of the next few days and that that to me indicates that whatever the diagnosis is it must be serious yes it's really come as a bombshell there's some people have been insinuating well it's not really prostate cancer because prostate cancer is very curable uh and uh, it's uh you know uh, he deserves, the king deserves better. He's a nice man, and uh, he waited 70 years to become king. Yes, he did, John. And look, we know that it's not prostate cancer. That's the one thing they've confirmed. So what we know is, what we absolutely know is, as a result of the medical procedure on an enlarged prostate last week, they found something else. So it is another cancer. Whether it's a cancer of an organ, whether it's a blood blood, we just don't know at this stage, but it, uh, I must say. I understand they cancelled all personal appearances? Yes, he will not be appearing in public, uh, possibly for some time, as he undergoes treatment. He will be performing his constitutional duties, and that means, you know, going through government papers and signing documents, uh, and he's okay to do that. Uh, but it is, it's a very thoughtful, reflective moment. And you're right, you know, he is actually fundamentally a very good, decent human being. There's no question yes, about that. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And Nigel, N- Nigel, you didn't know this, but I was supposed to see him February 26th, so I guess I'm not seeing him. Oh, wow. Wow. Well, wow. I'm sorry, John. I hope the opportunity comes again. Because, yes, I hope so. You know, I hope he's, you know, he gets well. Yeah, absolutely. Perhaps. Well, and as we say in Britain, God save the king. God save yeah. the king. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Didn't, you know didn't Biden say something closing, like that? As our, uh, as our closing <laughs> statement today, we you say, God, you know, God bless America, let's also say God save the king. Absolutely. absolutely. We, we will say on behalf of all Americans, we're going to say God save the king. 
Well, that's the first time that's been heard in America. That's first time. It's first time since 1775. That's right. Not after 1776. (laughs) Hey, Nigel, uh, while we have you here, I want to get your thoughts on everything that's happening with our U.S. southern border. Um, You know, it's interesting. I was reading stories there where you are, Nigel Farage, in England. They what? They send the migrants uh, to Rwanda, right, to get screened before they come back. And, and with us, well, we have that, with us we have a big old neon sign: "Come one, come all." Yeah, I mean, we've got a problem with small boats crossing the English Channel, um, and it's tens of thousands a year. What is happening in America is truly beyond comprehension. Millions of people coming into America, often from countries that are hostile to Western values, hostile to your country and its constitution. It is a disaster. It is a disaster. And America is inviting a a new enemy that will live within America, within American cities. It will give you crime. And I promise you, in the end, it will give you terrorism too. And Biden's ineptitude on this, you know, over 6 million people, maybe 10 million people, have crossed the border since he's been president. I tell you what, if there's only one reason, only one reason to vote for Donald Trump in November this year, it's that. Yes, I mean, he is the, you know what I said to uh, uh, one of my rabbis the other day that uh, doesn't like Donald Trump? I said, hold your nose and vote for him, even though you don't like him, because he's the only one that has the testicles to make a difference in the world, and we need somebody to make a difference in the world. Well, we certainly do, and not just the American border, but also for the increasingly deteriorating international situation. I mean, my view very strongly is that Putin would not have invaded uh, you're absolutely, absolutely had, right. Had, had Trump been president. Absolutely you know? right. And Putin... Uh, that drills 10 million barrels a day would have not had the money to invade the Ukraine uh, at uh, Trump's $50 a barrel, 55, uh, until Biden took it to $100 a barrel and we made the Russians, we're rich again! And we made Iran rich zillionaires, as I said it on Fox News. Yeah, well, look, I mean, the Iranian, you know, the the Obama-inspired Iran nuclear deal, backed up by the idiots in the European Union. They have broken every single clause of that agreement when it comes to developing nuclear weapons. They've used the tens of billions of dollars that were freed up to fund Hamas, to fund Hezbollah, to fund the Houthis. And all of this, I mean, let's be frank, all of this because of the idiocy of an American Democrat President. And who was by his side through all of that stupidity? One, Joe Biden. Yeah, and we're seeing uh, weakness begets weakness. And and what we're seeing right now is just an open invitation on so many levels. Nigel, uh, we have Judge Richard Weinberg. And Nigel, you're absolutely correct. It's not just a a threat to to Israel and to America. It's a major threat to Western Europe and Western civilization. Listen, how many countries, I said this to uh, Mike Pompeo last week, this former secretary, I said to him, how many countries have to be involved before you call it a world war? Well, we're pretty close to that right now. We we have never, um, in modern times, we have never been in such a dangerous, 
and perilous position as we're in now. It is worrying on several levels. Iran, um, Israel, Gaza, which is part, of course, of that same game, all of which, of course, designed to break the Abraham Accords, Trump's most amazing foreign policy achievement. Um, Obviously, the situation in, in Ukraine on a human level is horrific. Hundreds of thousands of young men, hundreds of thousands wounded and killed on those battlefields. And then we have the specter of an ever-increasing powerful China eyeing up Taiwan. We are in a very, very bad place. And very, you know very bad yeah. place. You're absolutely I, I right. This, I, put this, I put this all down to the withdrawal from Afghanistan. Not a single American soldier had been killed for 18 months. The Americans were there. The Brits were there training the Afghan army. They were doing the fighting. We were not involved. Well, Trump told them that if any of my soldiers die, Trump told the Taliban, any of my soldiers die, your families will die. Yeah, he showed the picture of the house. Remember, John, that famous moment. But they don't fear this president. That's the issue. Um, Listen, Nigel, let me tell you one quick one in case you don't know. It took three days for for, uh, White House to decide where they're going to bomb in in Iran. You know why it took three days? You mean Iraq and Syria? Iraq and Syria. Iraq and Syria. Iraq and Syria. You know why it took? We had to let them know where we're going to bomb. So their guys could move out to safe haven. By, by, by the way, in all seriousness, there are reports out there suggesting that, Nigel. I mean, that's – and who knows with this administration? Nothing – with an administration that left behind $86 billion worth of the highest grade modern military equipment and gave it straight to the Taliban, who we'd spent – and we were there with you all the way – who we'd spent 20 years fighting, nothing would surprise me. And I just hope Americans wake up. And John is right, you know, Donald Trump has a particular style. I like him personally very much indeed. Other people don't. But whether you like him or not... If you don't like him, hold your nose and vote for him. So what? So what? So what? Whether you want him around for dinner is irrelevant. The fact is, he has got the courage. Yes. He has got the conviction. He is what, and you need him in America, but my goodness gracious me, I tell you what, we in the rest of the Western world need him too. Nigel Farage, thank you so much for being with thank us. you, you got to come thank back you. on again thank soon. You. Great to hear from thank you. Thank you so much. And uh, joining us now, you guys, we have Kenneth Janello. He is with the U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement, ICE. Uh, excuse me, field office director for New York City and field office in New York. Of course, ICE having a lot of problems uh, dealing with how to get folks. Give us an the, update. The sanctuary cities. Give us an update. How are we? How is ICE handling it in the situation in New York City, where New York City has imposed, uh, I guess. Uh, Sanctuary, yes, sanctuary city and all these restrictions. I mean, are you guys bound by this, sir? Well, good evening. Thanks for having me on. Um, Yeah, we get by as we always get by. Uh, I have a very resourceful staff, but obviously when you are a law enforcement agency, you're supposed to be having uh, cooperation with your law enforcement partners. And don't get me wrong, NYPD. Uh, wants to cooperate with ICE. Um, we we have overarching priorities to protect the community and public safety, and the fact that we're not working together is not 
assisting uh, New York City or the five boroughs right now. So obviously the prior administration uh, uh, and uh, Mayor de Blasio, uh, they executed city laws and then uh, former Governor Cuomo um, executed state laws that severely hamper uh, and basically stop all cooperation from our law enforcement partners, including uh, NYPD, with communicating with ICERO, with honoring our detainees, or with uh, turning or transferring subjects over to our custody. So basically, if they get an individual that's arrested, um, you know, with bail reform right now, the way it is in New York City, they're lucky they're in for a couple hours. But if they do get an individual that's arrested that is placed in uh, local custody that goes to Rikers, we would issue uh, an ICE detainer on them that's also accompanied by uh, an administrative warrant that's signed by one of my managers. Um, but they would not honor the detainer when the subject was either bailing out or finished with his um, local charges. So they would release the individual right back into the community. Um, and we all know there's a lot of recidivism with these uh, criminals and the fact that public safety is supposed to be the number one issue. Um, it puts them back into the local community to create a public safety issue for them. But then my staff has to go and try and find them and track them down, which also creates a public safety issue for my officers. Um, it's a lot easier to take custody of an individual in the confines of a jail or in the confines of a precinct or in a police station. So, um, you know, those laws, you know, it's going on 10 years, some of them now back in the prior administration, severely hamper um, my agency's uh, ability to arrest and place uh, criminal non-citizens into proceedings in a quick and safe manner. So, you know, we're, like I said, we're resourceful. We, we have other ways and we try, but, um, you know, I had a press conference today with uh, Congresswoman Maliotakis and the uh, bipartisan New York City Council out on 42nd Street. And, uh, you know, a lot of the uh, things that I say is that, you know, the mayor and the governor want to have these individuals uh, picked up and placed into removal proceedings. Um, all I have to do is call. I that, mean, I'm here. We're here to help. ICE, ERO, New York City. I cover Long Island, and I cover the, the seven lower counties of the Hudson Valley region. We're here to help. We're here to help the community. We're here to help our law enforcement par partners. The bottom line is, all we need is a phone call. We used to have a full unit that worked in Rikers Island. I had a full contingent. So any person that was foreign born was vetted to determine if we had probable cause uh, to place them in removal proceedings. If they were, they never left the jail. They came right into our custody and we placed them in immigration uh, custody to have a hearing in front of a immigration judge. So all of these non-citizens are afforded the right to an attorney. They're afforded the right to trial in front of a judge. It is not as though that immigration or ICE picks them up and puts them on a plane. That doesn't happen. Um, so there's a lot of misnomers and false narratives out there uh, about 
you know, the job that we do. And, you know, I try and educate the public and the media and, and the politicians and the congressmen that the service that we provide is an assistance and it helps the communities because we are taking pretty serious violent criminals off the street along with gangbangers every day. My yep. staff is out in the community every day making arrests. Director Janello. Uh, John Katzmatidis, and uh, let me ask two questions. If your uh, agent is there when when the, the problem is going on with a with a migrant, uh, are you allowed to take him away, uh, or well, somebody's going to stop you? Or when you do take him away, does Washington put restrictions on you? So I, I don't know. I, I'm trying to figure out like. When you say a problem with a migrant, obviously if he's doing something, he's breaking the law. He's beating up a police officer. All right, well, I mean, obviously that's going to fall under the purvey of the NYPD to charge him. So we wouldn't be there to affect that arrest. That would be NYPD. But once they arrest the individual, they take him, they book him, right? He goes to central booking. And, you know, you would like to believe if he's beating up a police officer, He's going to Rikers to be held on local charges. Unfortunately, uh, the individuals from the other day didn't even go to Rikers. They were released right from the the, uh, central booking due to bail reform. I mean, with bail reform, they're they're in and out within a a certain amount of hours that they're not even hitting the the, uh, jail in Rikers itself. So if they go to the jail, we put the detainer on them once they're done. Uh, NYPD is done, if they, they get bond or the case is finished, they would turn them over to us. That's what we would want. And then we would take custody of them. The problem is, is they do not honor our ICE detainers, which are accompanied by our warrants, too. Well, that is good to know. I want to know, uh, I love you guys, and I appreciate all you're doing out in the field. You have our full support, and I know it's a tough, tough job, Director. Thank you so much for being with us. Judge, did you have a last-minute question? No, I think uh, the director said exactly right. In my time on criminal court and Supreme Court, if a warrant was lodged by ICE, we honored it. It was only the Blasio administration, the city council, who created these ridiculous laws that said there was no cooperation between New York City and ICE. If it was an ICE yeah. detainer, we wa- it was warranted, and we allowed and it to And I understand uh, Swazi, who was in the middle of a campaign for next week's uh, election, uh, was not – Nice about, uh, what did he say, uh, Rita, about the ICE? Well, he made a comment about ICE saying that he would block ICE years ago. And he said that he didn't say it, but it's on, you hear it on audio tape where he criticized ICE years ago. So, Director, thank you for coming on. Thank you for loving America. Thank you for helping America always. And God bless you and God bless America. I appreciate your time and your listeners' time. And uh, remember, we're here to help. Thanks again. Thank, Thank you. you. Keep up the great work. Let's Thank take you. a break. And when we come back, we have Steve Moore. We have Steve Moore to tell us the market went down hundreds and hundreds of points today. What the heck is going on? Let's go. Let's take that break. A common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katz and and Rita Cosby. Katz and Cosby on 77 WABC. Well, we're back, and we with us today is one of the country's leading economists, Steve Moore. He's on every Saturday with more money uh, between 1 o'clock and 2 o'clock. Following the highest-rated show on Saturdays, Larry Kudlow at uh, between 10 and 1. Steve Moore, 
What the heck is going on? Powell was on 60 Minutes the other night. And he says, well, he was trying to, you know, hold back on on possible uh, decreases in interest rates. Right. And, and, you know, my position has been if, if interest rates don't go down, you might as well short all the banks. <laughs> well, you may be right about that. Look, I think the problem does not rely, uh, you know, does not reside in the Federal Reserve Bank. I think the problem with our economy right now uh, resides in the White House and in Congress, and they're spending a trillion and a half dollars more each year than we're bringing in. And, you know, that is a very, very bad hole they're putting us into. And it will, if we keep this up uh, for the next, you know, few years, I, I think it could cause a financial crisis. And there's nothing that Jerome Powell at the Fed can do about it except print more money, which would cause more inflation. So I want to see somebody start taking a chainsaw out of this federal budget and controlling this spending, and that would take the pressure screw, off the Fed. Screw the budget. I'm talking about interest rates. What did you, oh, you are. What, well, what did was, you write about in your column the other day? Well, I, I said that I thought that one of the things that's happening, and, and you know, Trump made this comment you may have seen last week where he said, hey, one of the reasons the stock market is up is because I'm up in the polls. And I don't know if you guys believe that or not. but I, I believe it. Yeah, I think, you know, look, if you look at the uh, economy and you track that with Trump's uh, probability of beating Biden, they parallel track each other pretty closely. So I think the market wants a Trump presidency. They remember that when Trump was president, the market was up 38 percent adjusted for inflation. Those are big returns, much bigger than we've seen under Biden, which has been really pathetic when you adjust for inflation. So I think that's one of the uh, parts of the equation that nobody's talking about. Yep. Yeah. Steve, in your column today, you had a, an interesting number. You said one million jobs were overreported yes. by the Biden yes. administration. Would you explain that to our listeners? Well, I wish I could explain it. And nobody really can explain it. But what you just said is correct, that there were one, it was a revision of about actually 1.2 million jobs from the previous year. And why is it? that they keep over-reporting the jobs every month. And then at the end of the year, they say, oopsie-daisy, we, you know, we, we, uh, you know, you fudge the numbers a little bit. I don't know what is going on. Nobody knows why they keep getting these numbers so wrong. But 1.2 million jobs, that's a big deal. That's a huge revision. Are they cooking and the books? No, I do not believe they are. Okay, I do not good. believe they are. I think there's just a faulty, their, their algorithm is wrong. I now, mean, I watched the movie, uh, uh, what was it? Trading places, was it? Mr. Duke and Mr. Duke? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. That's right, trading places. One, yeah, with, Bill, with, uh, with Eddie Murphy. And, uh, and uh, look, I don't think they're cooking the books, but I do think that there's something wrong with this process when it keeps overestimating job growth. Now, the other thing that's going on in the jobs market, and look, I, I will concede it's a pretty good jobs market right now. But I mean, uh, uh, but. CNBC and uh, and uh, uh, MSNBC are, are saying Larry Kudlow says Bidenomics works. Why did he say that? Well, I don't think. Well, no, Larry Kudlow never said that. I guarantee it. Unless you know, I missed something. But I will say you this: Trumponomics, Trumponomics sure worked. And another point that isn't being reported by the media—that's why shows like yours are so important, John and Rita—is that if you look at the jobs numbers, guess what? In the last couple of months, more of the jobs created were part-time jobs than full-time jobs. Now, Rita, with high inflation, how are you going to feed your family with a part-time job? 
Yeah, it's ridiculous. By the way, you you just kind of teed up what I was going to ask you yeah, and also say, John about. By, by the way, they did say what? that we traded in New York, we traded a lot of full-time jobs for uh, for part-time jobs. Yeah, part-time. Yeah. And, and remote, still a lot of explain remote. Explain that to the know? people so they understand oh, by, the, by the way, yeah, let me explain something to people. So then if you get somebody who's working two part-time jobs, they're counted as two people working. No, that's not two people working. That's one person working in two different jobs. I mean, what's the old saying, you know, that uh, the old joke that, yeah, I know the job, good, job market is really good because I got three of them. You know, <laughs> so people are having to work two or three jobs to just make ends meet. Um, before I let you go, uh, actually, a topic I want to hit on with you and John, um, Steve yes. Moore, is Biden last week came out swinging against grocery stores, saying, oh, oh they're they're oh, raising oh. the prices. Um, oh, John, I got to get your take yeah. on this, too, because yeah, this well, is crazy go, that that like, blaming blaming grocery stores because he knows that when people go to the grocery store, they see how much it costs. It costs grocery stores a lot of because of, you know, still fuel and everything else, all the yeah. expenses. And yep, yet yep. he wants it lower so he can, you know, it, he can use it as a political pawn. Yeah, he's saying all these companies are price gouging under my... Well, why didn't they price gouge when Trump was president? The prices were falling, not rising. But look, he did the same thing. Remember, John, with gas station and and people in the oil gas? Oh, they're just price gouging and they're taking advantage of consumers with the high gas prices. Now they're doing it on, you know, the... the, they're blaming banks for the high interest rates. They're blaming the uh, grocery stores for class, high grocery Class stocks. warfare, Steve. Why don't you look in the mirror, Joe Biden? Maybe there's the answer. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, Steve Moore, thank you so much for being here. We really appreciate it, Steve. All right, guys. Don't thank forget, you. next Saturday, 1 p.m. More, more money. money. More money. More money. Thanks, Steve. Okay, Rita. I understand we have some hot news. It's the top news of the day. Sponsored by Goya. Here's Rita Cosby. And as you heard here at the top of Cats and Cosby, King Charles has been sadly diagnosed with cancer. Buckingham Palace has not revealed what type of cancer or his prognosis, but did say the king began regular treatments as of today. GOP frontrunner, presidential candidate, of course, Donald Trump, is railing against the Senate's proposed, quote, so-called border security package. In a post on Truth Social today, Trump called the bill a death wish for Republicans and pointed out that President Biden already has the power to close the border immediately. The bill would allow up to 8,500 migrants on any given day with an average of 5,000 a day still crossing into the border. So a lot of people are saying it is dead on arrival. Jury deliberations are underway in the involuntary manslaughter trial of Jennifer Crumbly. That's in Michigan. She's the mom of Ethan Crumbly, who shot and killed four classmates injured seven others at Oxford High School. That happened in November 2021. And according to reports, she was aware that her son had a gun, and they are saying she was complicit. Ethan is already serving life in prison without parole. And everybody, those are your Goya top hot, 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 hot stories of the day, John. Wow, I love those Goya beans. They are the best. And you said you put them in the soup, too, I for extra protein. I put them in my soup, too, extra protein. Nutrition and, 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 and then I put stuff. the lemon in because I'm a little Greek, you know. Yeah, you do. What do, what do I need to, if I'm Polish, Judge, what do I need to put in? A little bit of bro, uh, 
Maybe beets, because we like borscht. We like red borscht. Bush, bush. Yeah, borscht. It's good, very healthy. Yeah, my, my people a, like a soup. Yeah, <laughs> let's take that break, and we're going to come back with Gordon Chang and 60 Minutes had a piece on Sunday night saying the Chinese are invading. Who would know more than Gordon Chang? You're commuting home with Katz and Cosby. Now, here's John Katz and Matidis and Rita Cosby on 77 WABC. Well, we're back. Yeah, we are back. Wow, John, we have been talking about the border and just how downright dangerous it is. And nothing was more explosive. You and I, our jaws were dropping watching that 60 Minutes report of the Chinese guys crossing through a hole in the border, but they're wearing suits and pulling luggage. And, and they're reporting through, to, according to 60 Minutes, they're reporting to China through TikTok. Yeah, isn't that interesting? I mean, uh, what is the real story? One guy may know we have with us Gordon G. Chang, and uh, Gordon, any uh, uh, I, did you see this sixty minutes piece? Yeah, I did. And certainly, what it shows is that there is an open border, and through that open border are pouring a lot of people. Some of them are middle class Chinese. Some of them are probably saboteurs. And in addition to the Chinese, um, which are the fastest growing group coming across the border, it's grown fifty times between 2021 and 2023. We also have Iranians, Venezuelans, and Syrians, and some of those are very dangerous-looking elements. Well, well, for all the U.S. senators listening to us and the Congress people that listen to us, and a lot of them do, a lot of them do. That means if the middle class are coming through uh, underneath the fence because they paid off the cartels, and 30, by the way, big thirty-five thousand dollars. The EB-5 program is dead because the EB-5 program, you have to invest a million dollars or 500,000 or 700,000 and wait 12 years for a visa. So why would the Chinese wait 12 years for a visa? You give the cartel 35,000 and you, and, and, and you walk underneath the, uh, the hole. And oh. liter- literally. And you know, it's amazing, Gordon. The, the point is also, if you look at uh, the app, it's like, hey, here's where the hole is today. They literally direct him to a hole in the fence. I mean, yeah, you can't make it up. They're, they're telling him where to go, where the hole is by TikTok. Yeah, and like, hey, tomorrow the hole might be here. Here's where, I mean, that's how, like, real-time information. That's frightening. Well, it certainly is. What, what really is, there are a number of things happening here, Rita. One of them is that you have these middle-class Chinese. They can afford to pay a lot to the cartels. They've given up everything at home. And that shows you the desperation, which shows you how bad things are in China. And things are going to get worse, which means we're going to have even more Chinese coming into our country through the southern border. So, you know, essentially, you know, a country of 1.4 billion people has essentially a free pass into the United States. That is, it is crazy. No other thing. Judge Weinberg wants to say hi. <laughs> hi, Gordon. Hi, Gordon. There Gordon, he is. <laughs> I want to ask you about these reports that there's a linkage between the cartels and the Mexican government, including the incumbent president who's supposedly got campaign contributions from the cartels. You know about that? Yeah, well, certainly. I mean, that relationship between, for instance, Obrador and the cartels goes back to relationship between cartels and his predecessors. Um, Mexico is a deeply corrupted country. Um, You know, it started out that way a long time ago, hasn't gotten much better despite all the economic progress. And by the way, 
because of Biden's policies, the cartels have tightened their grip over the northern portion of Mexico. So really what you have is um, Obrador and, and, and ordinary Mexicans are being disadvantaged by Biden's immigration policy. Remember, all these people who are streaming up through Central America, they got across Mexico. Wow. Very scary situation when they control our border, Gordon. And what do we do about it? And understand Mexico has an agreement with the White House to to quasi-control some of the migrants. What have you heard, uh, Gordon? Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the control is they're just letting them in, you know, full stop. I mean, under Trump, there was the Remain in Mexico program, which actually worked. Biden um, repealed that, and he also repealed the emergency, the border emergency, through an executive proclamation, which means because he um, repealed the proclamation, he has the power to put it back on again. Exactly. exactly he right. could put it back on, and exactly he's not. Right. Exactly, Gordon. I mean, that's why all this stuff with him pushing the border bill is such hogwash, because he could change it in five seconds. He just doesn't want to. And that's and when you have a weak Mexican president and you have a weak American president, you got an open border. All right. We got to take a hard. That, we got the we got the cartels actually operating on American soil. Mexican cartels operating in the U.S. It's scary stuff. Gordon Chang, Gordon, thank thank you, you for bringing us up to date. We have to take a hard break. We're going to take this hard break right now. And when we come back, we're going to have Bill O'Reilly, uh, one of our stars at WABC, and uh, let's see what he has to say. It's a common sense recap of the big stories. It's Cats and Cosby on 77 WABC. And we are back here on Cats and Cosby. Our next guest is the top nonfiction selling author of many, many books and another one to come. He has sold more than 19 million books in print. That's an enormous accomplishment. And joining us now is the great Bill O'Reilly, of course, hosting Common Sense with Bill O'Reilly every night, 9 to 10 p.m. here on WABC. Uh, Bill, I know you've been watching these images like we all have of what happened with these migrants and that are on the lam now who beat up the New York City cops. Your thoughts on that? Well, I have one thought, and it's simple because I'm a simple man, Rita, and you know that as I lead into you every night uh, from 9 to 10, and then you take it over. Lucky me, lucky me. Um, when those migrants from Venezuela were arrested, why wasn't ICE called? You just had the ICE director in this area on. So they're arrested. They're in custody. First call should have been to ICE. Slap a detainer on them right there. Hold them until we can pick them up. Remember, federal law is... Um, ahead of state or local law. So, yeah, New York State is a no-bail law, insane. But federal law trumps that. But if the call isn't made, which it wasn't, then the feds don't know. Bill, it's Richard Weinberg, because they enacted a law during the de Blasio years of making the city a sanctuary city, no cooperation with ICE. But so they that's but why that law doesn't have to be implemented. I agree. Right. You're absolutely right. right. All anybody had to do 
was pick up the phone and call the ICE director and say, we got these guys, got them on tape beating up the cops. They're going to be out on bail, on no bail. Come on down, get a waiver fast, get them, pick them up. Wasn't done. So then the spotlight shifts to the attorney, uh, to the district attorney of Manhattan, Alvin Bragg. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's his responsibility to do that. He didn't do it, won't explain why he didn't do it, and won't explain why he didn't ask for bail. Remember, if the district attorney asked the judge special circumstances, special circumstances for bail, that holds it up even further. Okay. Right. And by the way, the Bill, also, also the it, governor came out and said that this no was bail eligible, too. Don't get it. Don't get ahead of yourself. Read it. The reason <laughs> that Brad didn't do it. As thinking. Is because he doesn't want to hold them. It all comes back to that. There's no will. He puts whatever the circumstance of the Venezuelan migrants over the welfare of the cops who got beat up. Because Absolutely. these guys, once out on the street, could beat up more cops. Everybody knows that. Yep. Okay, now Hochul. Hochul then is taking heat from the press, one of the rare occasions, by saying, what do you think about this? So Hochul's there, deer in the headlights, and she knows a lot about deer. She's from upstate New York. She sees deer every day. Uh... I think this is terrible. I think they should be deported. Uh, hello, they're not deported because of you. So if Hochul really cared and really thought it was terrible, she would have fired Bragg the day after, which she has the power to do. She can fire him for dereliction of duty. It's Article 32. As Judge Weinberg knows, is you think Hogan's going to fire Bragg? No. So <laughs> this is a this is what they call a doom cycle for New York City, and believe me, every cop knows that the mayor, the district attorney, the governor doesn't care about them. Every single officer knows that. Well, you know what? It, it, that's disastrous, that combination, Bill, for the city and for police. I, I mean, and we're, we're seeing not just that beatdown, Bill, but also there's been this throng of like shopliftings tied also to the migrants, these sort of gang turf wars, if you will. I mean, we're, this is, this is dangerous stuff. And when they're going to go beat a cop, to me, they uh, what would they do to a civilian? Look, this is entirely predictable. Nobody is surprised this is happening. Sixty percent of all the migrants that Joe Biden has allowed into the country. And, and remember, he is allowing them. He is the one that will not enforce immigration law. One man. 60% are single men 
of military age. They're coming here because this is a soft place, an easy target, where there's lots of money, lots of drugs, lots of freedom. In El Salvador, which has finally gotten crime under control, the MS-13 gangs controlled that country, if you can believe it. Guys like this are routinely beaten by the cops. They don't even bother with trials in El Salvador anymore. The police beat them up. And the ones that are really, they want to get rid of, they throw them in prison after a trial, which is really not even a trial. No civil liberties in El Salvador. Crime has dropped there about 75%. Now, I'm not saying that's what we should have. But I'm saying that if you're a thug in El Salvador, where are you going to go? New York. What a sad mess. You know, Bill, um, before uh, we're going to bring in Peter King, who's going to be calling in in one second here. But before we do, your thoughts on this border bill, which is just it allows for illegal immigration still to continue. Your thoughts. I would not vote for it if I were in Congress. It's too weak. There are some good things in it. But this is primarily put up by our Senator Charles Schumer to provide cover for Biden, because 70 percent of Americans, according to the new NBC poll, believe Biden is incompetent in the immigration arena. This is a weak bill. As you just pointed out accurately, it does not stop mass migration. It basically creates all of this stuff that's never, ever going to be adjudicated. Who's going to count the 5,000 migrants a day from San Diego to Brownsville? Going to have a clicker? This is insane. Yeah. They can't do it. Tomorrow, Biden could write an executive order closing the border for six months. While we adjudicate the people are here, that the migrants in New York City are processed, and that the government, federal government, reorganizes the asylum request situation. That's what has to happen before any bill is passed. you got to stop it cold. But Biden, of course, won't do that because he wants this kind of mass migration. wrote a column on BillOReilly.com called Bordering on Insanity, where I tell you why Biden and the progressives want millions of people to flood the country. We'll definitely check that out. Bill, stick with us. Cause, stick uh, with us. We got, uh, we got Peter, Peter King, King from uh, the site where the, uh, the rally Mazi, is taking place. Yep. Mozzie versus Swazi. Uh, that big, huge race, of course, where so much is on the line. The election, of course, is next week, everybody. Uh, so don't forget about that. Congressman uh, King, what the heck is going on? I tell you, uh, two things. Let me say uh, right away. I agree 100% with Bill, uh, Bill O'Reilly. This was a crisis caused by the Democrats at every level of government. They could correct it overnight if they wanted to. They could seal the border. They could turn these people over to ICE, and they don't need any legislation to do it. Secondly, this is one of the largest crowds I've seen. The energy here is phenomenal for Mazi, and what they're talking about is what Bill O'Reilly was just talking about. Those uh, goons that beat up the cops in Times Square, the judges letting them out. It's the whole feeling that the country is out of control, and I think Mazi is right now on her way to a victory, uh, polling is showing that. I understand even Swazi's polling is showing that. But a crowd like this, 
And this isn't a freebie. People have to pay to be here tonight. It's overflow crowd. They've got to open up doors to get more people in. Isn't the decision, uh, Congressman King, isn't the decision in, in Nassau County whether you want more migrants? Like uh, Swazi, as uh, I understand he said that that uh, ICE is uh, uh, the enemy. Do we have that tape? When I was county executive in Nassau County, I kicked ICE out of Nassau County. There he is, bragging about kicking ice out bragging of Nassau County. Bragging about kicking ice, and before right, we had the director of ice. Right now he says he supports ice. Total lie. He, he bragged about throwing ice out. He was responsible for all these programs. The people here tonight, that's the big issue they're talking about. Immigration, ice, and the crime that's resulting from the migrants, and the failed leadership of Joe Biden. Swazi's with Biden. Swazi was against ice. Mazi is going to enforce the borders. She's going to fight hard for the cops. And again, I've been in politics a long time to get this many people out for a special election uh, eight days before. I mean, Swazi couldn't get 30 people in a room. They have hundreds and hundreds, and they're still coming through the doors. Hey, uh, Bill, your thoughts, because obviously this is a huge issue in this Mazi-Swazi race. A uh, big stark contrast between the two, if you look at the history. Yeah, I think uh, Swazi's seen the light on the uh, immigration stuff. Uh, I know him. We both went to Chaminade High School. I actually had dinner with him and Peter King at the same time yeah. a couple of summers ago. I don't think Swazi's a bad man. Um, but he voted for Biden 100% of the time. That's tough for me. I'm in the third district. Because Biden has been the second worst president in our history. To support the man 100% of the time, very difficult for me. Yeah, and also, Bill, clearly border and safety, it has really risen to the top issue, don't you think, in so many? Yes, I do, but I don't think Swazi, if, if elected, is going to be a progressive on this. Um, he's going to look for a compromise situation. I don't think he's a an open border guy progressive. He's never, um, Bill, he's never voted against uh, the the Democratic thing of, of whether it's Pelosi or uh, or. Uh... Our current, uh, or Biden. Speaker. You mean no, or, the current so speaker. That's what I just said. Yeah. He's a company man. He's a party guy. Yeah. So he's going to vote for migrants. Yeah. And the party's hurting the country, certainly hurting New York. Yeah. Big time. So that's my problem with Swazi now. But I don't think he's a progressive. I don't think, I think he genuinely would like to solve the problems, but he's going to vote the wrong way, stand though. Up against, is he going to stand up against go, humor? He'll vote the wrong way. Yeah, but yeah, Tom Swazi is still saying we have to have legislation to get this done. We don't need legislation. Exactly yeah, right, right, Congressman. We don't need it. You do not need legislation. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And he could change it uh, tomorrow, this president, if he wanted to. Both of you guys, thank you, Bill. Thank you. Everybody okay. tune in to Common Sense with Bill O'Reilly, 9 p.m. Thank tonight. You all, thank, thank you, Congressman. Thank you. And Congressman King, thank you very thank much, you, too. Congressman King. Great, and, thank and you. keep that rally going. And what do we all stand for, guys? Truth, Truth, justice, justice and the American American way. way. And And God save the king. And God save the king.